Hey guys, and welcome to Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whateley. And Marcus D. And welcome back to the podcast, guys. We are super happy to be having you join us today. We have a great uh, episode today. But first, guys, I think we have a medical mystery here. Marcus was pointing something out to me that happened to us back in January. And uh, Marcus, uh, what happened to us back in January? Both of us back in January got kind of sick, and both of us were out of work for actually several days. Yeah, and we were sick with fever, coughs, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, chills, repeated shaking with chills, muscle pain, headaches, sore throat, and loss of taste and smell. And what does that sound a lot like? Uh, a lot like the symptoms of the coronavirus there, Vic. Yeah, and Marcus was actually so sick he had to be hospitalized. Yeah, it was, uh, not like, I woke up hurting so bad. Like, I couldn't even lay down with how bad uh, the pain, like, in, like, my lower chest was. Yeah, I really think that we might have had the coronavirus back in January. And think about that <laughs> like, for a sec. Yeah, like, it was, it was just so, it was just so crazy. Like, you know, because a lot of the stuff that's happened here in the U.S., like, within the last three months is the number of cases are skyrocketing, but... You know, at the same time, the the reason for that is because that's kind of when tests started coming out, and that's when people were going out and getting tested. So, of course, they're gonna, that's when they're going to start skyrocketing, as we're going to, like, having more people tested. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, we work in a hospital, so it kind of makes sense that we'd be, like... Sick. Yeah, like, infected with it early on and Yeah, stuff. you know, and several of our coworkers were sick, too. Like, numerous people were calling around around this time, so it's, it's crazy. When we think about what's happened to us in the last couple months... Yeah, so I'm wondering if, like, just some people with it ended up in Evansville early on. Both of my parents had the same thing. They had been back from California uh, a little bit back in December. They came back from them, and they were sicker than a dog. More sick than they had really, like, almost ever been in their lives. Yeah, this, this came up because me and Marcus were talking, I think it was, like, two or three days ago. And he's like... Well, truthfully, I think we, I think I already had Corona and he's like, and I'm like, what, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, remember back in January when we were sick? Think about it. And I'm like, holy crud. Like, <laughs> we might've already had it. The slowest horse finishes the race. And I wasn't really thinking about it. When I get sick, I get sick, I get over it and I forget about it. That happens so much though, though, like whenever I say things and you just write them off and then like weeks and weeks later, it'll be like. Oh my god, you were right! <laughs> well, you keep telling me you've told me this before, and I don't think you have. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I know that I can be like, like, I'm extra, like, sprinkles on a Sunday, okay? That is, that is an underestimate. He is so dramatic over everything <laughs> like, that happens. I, I am. So you write stuff off all the time. The, the, the few of you guys who've actually met Marcus, they can vouch. Yeah. <laughs> he can be very dramatic. Oh, man. But... But no, but you know, I'm happy. But I'm happy we're doing better now, and things are getting a lot better, and hopefully things are going to be um, easing up a little bit. You know, because we're still, we're, you know, Indiana, we're still down the lockdown. Um, they're supposed to be announcing soon whether or not if we're actually going to be able to like, you know, leave our houses soon. So hopefully that's going to allow 
me and Vic to actually be out and go out and do some actual like in the field investigations, which we have not been able to do in, in some months. Oh yeah, yeah, I am itching for getting out there and doing a real paranormal investigation because it's only—I mean, it's so much fun talking to you guys like about you know all of these various topics that we talk about. But it's so much more fun and so much better, I think, when we're talking about things that we've actually experienced. Yeah, and I don't want to be an armchair paranormal investigator. I don't either. I want to get out there in the field and do stuff. Now, I know some of you are saying, but Marcus, you never want to go out and do anything. And That's kind of true. That's kind of true for some they things. might have a point. <laughs> there are some things that don't bother me and stuff like that. But no, you know, going out 30 miles out deep into the woods... Kind of hesitant about that. You know. I'm just questioning your commitment to the cause. Yeah, no, no, no. There's, there's certain things. Like, I'm, I'm all for going to a haunted house. I'm all, for, I'm all for going to a cemetery. That's fine. Hey, our friend Ricky from the channel, um, he actually has a lead on a mm. haunted church that he can get us into. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I, I am itching for this. So we will, we will keep you guys up to date. I might him. break quarantine and go this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna get caught. Oh, we'll be fine. Oh, man, but yeah. Okay, so um, big stuff in the paranormal news that's just come out. Um, I'm just sure come out ish, ish. Ish. I know it's been a few days. I didn't want to like you know again. I want to make sure that we got to talk about it on the podcast too. I mean, the thing we're talking about this like three or four days after the news broke on this, but like the U.S. government uh, confirmed the like these three uh, UFO videos that that they put out, saying that these are actually like legit UFOs. Yeah, but like, weren't most of these videos already out for a while? <laughs> I love that. It was so funny about that. People were like, "Oh, the government's confirming UFOs." Or think the government's just saying that these are three UFOs. I'm like, these videos were out for a while, like already. Like the UFO community was like, "Yeah, man, we know." Like, yeah, that's why I said this is kind of like news-ish. It's like, yeah. this this is old news, man. You, you don't need to tell us these ones are real. We figured that out quite some now, time now ago. Now, this is mainstream news. This has hit the mainstream. I don't think a lot of people are now coming um, around to realizing about these videos, but that were pretty cool. Because, like, the, there's three... There's, if you guys haven't seen them, we're going to put these up on our social media so that you guys can actually see these and watch them. They're about, like, a minute and a half each and they're pretty they're pretty good ufo for videos as far as ufo goes oh yeah and if you guys aren't on there already check us out on one candle society on facebook yeah, I mean, Twitter, we, we post we a lot of stuff on there and we're gonna put these up but yeah but like these videos were from um i think the first video was from 2004 got leaked in 2007 the other two videos were from 2015 and i think they got released um i think they got leaked in 2017 Fun fact: What I did not know was that uh, one of the videos, uh, I think, uh, I think it's the third video that the government put out or was talking about, actually was uh, released by a uh, by a by a company called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, which was founded by Blink One Eighty Two guitarist Tom DeLonge. Okay, I am or DeLonge. Not, sorry, I am not even kidding about this. Growing up, I was a huge Blink-182 fan. Yeah, I was that kid. He was that kid. Yeah, I really was. And I, I never learned the name of the uh, members of the band. At the, at the same time, nowadays, I do a lot of UFO research, and I've heard the name Tom DeLonge tons and tons of times. I did not realize today <laughs> that Tom DeLonge was in Blink-182. <laughs> I think I, you're the only person <laughs> that didn't know that he was in Blink-182. Uh, now, now I get to be like, oh, hey, he does good work in the field of ufology, and I love his music. Oh, no, this just makes him just that much better of a guy. Like, you know. Like, his name was purely associated with UFOs to me. 
Oh man, oh, god. And you know the the one thing that I found so funny about these about these coming out was the oh god, what was the what was what the government said that they said that they wanted to that they were they were they were uh, releasing this footage and they were talking and they were uh, and that they were putting the declassifying these videos because what they wanted to do was they wanted to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage was real. Like, uh, I just find it funny. The, on, the government's like, you know, we just we didn't want anybody to get worried about. It. You know, we you know we we sat around and we kind of realized that like these these uh, uh, none, nothing in this was showing any uh, state secrets, uh, and we didn't want people to think that these were fake. Some of these some of these things have been out there for freaking ever. It took you this long. <laughs> <laughs> like I, st I just I, I find it funny. It's like it literally took the government sixteen years to <laughs> to sit around and determine that one of the video footages didn't have any classified wait, wait, so, information. In. So they're like, oh, you know that video you saw on YouTube sixteen years ago? We just wanted to make sure you you knew. Yeah, it, it's real. It's real. Yeah, we we yeah. were worried that you were still concerned about. Yeah, this. yeah. We watched we watched this minute and a half clip and. uh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing in. We we finally determined it's 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 safe to to let the public know. I mean, they're pretty cool videos. Like, I really like the one where um, like the UFO starts rotating these really weird angles. Yeah, the uh, the the ones uh, the the two from like I think it was 2015 are way cooler because they have like uh, audio on them. And one of the guys is like talking about like there's a which was really weird. No, I don't know if anybody's picking this up, but one of the guys actually says on he goes, "There's a fleet of these." Oh yeah, yeah, but it's only seen in the video. That there's one, but he's saying that there's a fleet of these things. Well, probably the, tram the camera's only trained on one. And he's seeing the full perspective. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. But it also makes me kind of wonder too about they've declassified these these parts of the clips. What else are they not showing? Oh, they probably have all. They, I'm sure they have tons and tons and tons of stuff that they're not they're not going. Oh, to I'm I'm top I'm 100 sure on that. Like I'm I'm sure that. I'm sure that they probably have more than a minute and a half of the footage or whatever of this thing. My thoughts are along these lines. You know what, guys? Props. I'll give you props for, for coming forward with something. Now give us the rest. I want the rest. We know there's more. You let us sniff the steak. Now let us eat it. I want the Zack Snyder cut of the UFO footage. The extended edition. That's what we want. <laughs> The, like, the extended Lord of the Rings edition. Yeah. I want 40 hours, which I'm pretty sure is how long the extended yeah. cut of the 40 hours, Lord of the Rings trilogy 40 is. 40 hours of, like, general commentary, like, you know, with, like, extra, like deleted scenes, okay? And the game, and the video game that's on there, that's on the disc, too. We want that stuff. Uh. Okay, guys. Black bag tip of the day. Jump in the water. Because I've never heard of someone getting black bagged underwater. I want you guys to test to see if it's true. And also, I don't think uh, men in black can swim. I Have you ever heard can... of one aquatic men in black I, encounter? I, I can't think of any either. I think that's probably the safest place to be. Yep. There you go. Okay, are we ready to jump into our topic for today? We are. Because speaking of like underwater uh, st uh, stuff that you were talking about, we got a really cool like underwater phenomenon object to talk about today. So... Uh, I thought we could talk about the Baltic Sea Anomaly. The Baltic Sea Anomaly. The Baltic Sea Anomaly. <laughs> Just like you're trying to turn it into two words. Baltic. I it's was Baltic. trying to create <laughs> dramatic effect. Thank you, sir. Okay, okay. 
<laughs> I'm sure most of you guys have heard about this one. The uh, the underwater UFO in the Baltic Sea, the uh, Millennium Falcon, all that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, and it was cool. So I, I, it was weird. So I'm coming... Um, uh, it was. It actually came to me in an idea to do this because because I, I had known about this for a while. Me and Vic had talked about the Baltic Sea anomaly for a while, and it came up uh, while we were researching uh, a lot of different uh, cities and and places for our last two episodes of our podcast. Uh, I lost my Xbox con- uh, controller, and it accidentally like was I was watching YouTube videos. And they were on a loop. And a new video pops up, and it wasn't about any of those, so I'm like trying to find the controller to move on, but I can't. Are you serious? Yeah, you yeah. didn't tell me about this. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I and I can't find my controller, so I'm like, I oh, guess I'm watching this. And it was like, and it was talking about the Baltic Sea anomaly, and I'm like, oh crap, I remember about this. This is a cool, this is a cool thing. We should do a video on this. Like, we should do an episode on this. And and so like I, I pitched it to Vic, and then you're like, oh, you know, I pitch it okay. to you, and you're like, yeah, let's let's do that. Okay, so for those of you that don't, that have never heard it before, I'm going to give you guys a brief history of it. So there's this company called Ocean X, and what they do is they are like essentially underwater explorers. Okay, they're the SpaceX of the ocean. They're under, With, underwater treasure hunters. Yeah, without inventing stuff. <laughs> hey, don't come on. They they do some cool. They do some cool stuff. Okay. They like do the part of piratry where they're just treasure hunting, yeah, not the part where they're robbing people. And oh, as they're doing this, they're they're taking photographs of 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 anything underwater that they come across. Yeah, they actually discover a lot of really cool stuff. Yes, they do. So what happens is there's a, there's a team of theirs that's out in the Baltic Sea, and they're out searching for buried treasure and sunken treasure because the Baltic Sea is a massive shipwreck. Like, uh, like just pond full, like massive, like water source full, full of like shipwrecks. I know I'm saying that terribly. Like, like it, there's no sand down there. It's just nonstop galleons all yes. lined up. There's, there's pirate treasure chests strewn open all over the no, place. They, 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 they estimate there's almost a hundred thousand shipwrecks that are down there at the bottom of the Baltic Sea. Oh well, that that is actually a whole. Thank lot. you, sir. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> so, and also the Baltic Sea is also like one of the largest brackish water sources. Uh, in the world, and it's like that means that it's a mixture of both fresh water and salt water, and this actually preserves most of the stuff that's at the bottom of the Baltic Sea. So that's why there's so many uh, people that go out there looking for stuff. So this team is out there in June. It's June 19th, 2001, and they're up in the northern part of the Baltic Sea, and they're looking for bear treasures. These two guys, Peter uh, Lindbergh and Dennis Asperg. Uh, that are out there looking for buried treasure, and while they're out there, they're using sonar trying to find uh, like buried shipwrecks that are down there. And these are two guys that are uh, these are not guys that are going to sites that other people have been to. These are two dudes that are trying to find like their own thing. They want to find their own shipwrecks, their own things um, for themselves. So they're trying to be like cut, like they're trying to be like on the cutting edge of trying to find new stuff, and. They're out there, and their sonar equipment picks up this weird shape in the bottom of the ocean, almost like 80 meters, like 80, 80, 85 meters down, uh, which is like, I think like 300 feet, uh, like down, which is pretty deep for the Baltic Sea. And Wait, are you talking about how deep the, the Baltic Sea anomaly is? Because it's way deeper than that. I think it's... uh. I think it's like two hundred and forty feet down, some, something around there. Yeah, it's like 300 feet. Yeah, eighty meters is like three hundred feet. Oh, I thought you said feet, not me. My bad, my bad. I'll, I'll just sit that's down our, that's and our... I will quiet up. 
That's strike three, sir. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're out. Sit. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they're out there, and, and they find it, like, and they find this shape. They see this shape with their sonar equipment, and it's weird. And if you've ever used sonar technology, it's it's hazy at best. It kind of gives you kind of a good image of what may be down there, but it kind of just gives you a rough guess. And they see, essentially, a Millennium falcony shaped Millennium Falcon-ish. <laughs> Millennium Falcony shape. I mean, it's just we're gonna put it up. We're gonna put up a photo so that you guys can see, so we can see what we're talking about. Yeah, it's it essentially looks like the Millennium Falcon. It's like 180 feet long and like 26 feet high. It's a big thing. Which fun fact, by the way, the Millennium Falcon is 113 feet long. So this thing is like almost uh like twice the size of it. Nerd. <laughs> I looked that up in the I looked that up for this episode. I'm like, I wonder if it's actually bigger than the Millennium Falcon. No, he Falcon. just knew that off the top of his head. Don't yeah. let him lie to you. <laughs> yeah. So this thing is huge. Okay, so 180 feet long is think four semi trailers. Like four semi trucks long. That's how big this thing is. It's huge. And they see this thing down there, but they can't they really can't get down there. They don't have the equipment to go down there yet. So what happens is they find it. It's really cool. Then they come back a year later. They come back a year later. And actually at this point, then they try to do an expedition where they dive down there trying to find it. But the weird part was, is there like electronic equipment malfunctions while they're trying to get down there to it. And they can't, and then they realize that when the closer that they got to it, their crap starts cutting out. So it's it's super super it's super super weird and and some of the weird stuff that's about it too is when they're looking on like the the sonar image like f- for the most part a lot of people are thinking oh this is like some sort of a rock formation could it just be some sort of natural geological thing but the more that they look at the images of it the more that they realize there is just strange stuff about this stuff like one of the things that they can tell when they use sonar technology is they can tell like. Uh, like lines and stuff and they start seeing that there's actually like some just straight long lines on these things that don't look natural because like a, a normal like geological a, like normal like rock formation is not going to have like almost 180 degree you know parallel lines going like going down it like that okay and this thing has some angular lines some sharp corners it really does not look like a natural occurring geological structure okay like, wasn't their compasses just spinning when they got close to it, too? Mm-hmm. And it's throwing all of their electronic equipment out of whack. So it's super, it's it's super, it's super confusing as to what actually is down there. Yeah, in that road, it almost looks like a line from something crashing and sliding. <laughs> I I know that's kind of crazy sounding, but it really does look like that. Yeah, it when. When they get when they get back and they actually like detail out like the images that they have found on there, there's the object itself. There's this long, flattish line that drags from behind it, and then there's kind of like this mountain face, this underwater mountain face that's split in the middle, literally leading straight to where this object is. Kind of like something smashed through it, or it's a path leading up to it. Or <laughs> it's a crash UFO. 100% confirmed. Don't wouldn't say about that. Now, um, fun fact. Did you know, Vic, that they actually sent divers down, a diver down to this? No, I was not aware of that. Yes. Uh, it was, so they, so, because when they come back and they, 
they they want to learn more about this thing to find out what this thing actually is. And then they send a diver down there. Now, what most people, what a lot of people don't know about diving is you just can't dive straight down underwater after a certain amount. Like a certain amount, like when you dive too far deep down, um, the longer you spend down underwater, the longer it takes for you to get back up because you can end up getting something called the bends. Like the chemical composition in your brain can start, can start going out essentially out of way. I'm not, I'm not sure the science behind it is oh, usually where you chime in for that, but. Yeah, oh, this is getting into chemistry, not my strongest suit. But I know, like, um, the people who go diving looking for coelacanths, which, just so you guys know, a lot of biologists die doing this. Um, they have the same problem because it takes a... They only have a small window of time to get to the area where coelacanths are, where um, there's only a few points in the year where you can actually do, dive in that area because the weather's so bad there and the tide's so bad there. So they have to descend very slow, and by the time they get down there, they're almost out of air. So after all this investment, I think it's like 10, 15 minutes of actual time they get looking for this black fish in pitch black water. <laughs> and so many biologists have died just saying, one more minute, one more minute, mm -hmm. because they run out of air before they can get back up because they have to ascend slowly. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say the bins has something to do with um, coming through the pressure systems too fast causes bubbles to form yeah in, in the bloodstream blood thank stream. you thank you for i want clicking, clicking i want to say that, that that's how it works behind yeah. i don't yeah, know no, no, that yeah, well. yeah it's clicking it now so the they're diving uh their diver a guy by the name of steve uh stefan uh hoganborn uh goes down there and he can only spend about 10 minutes looking at the baltic sea anomaly now he is like 80 feet like 80 not 80 feet 80 meters down so he's like way down there okay and he has to spend, and he can only have about 10 minutes because the 10 minutes that he's down there is going to translate into 90 minutes for how long it's going to take him to uh, safely resurface. Oh, man, I'd hate, I, it has to be so frustrating for people who are working in deep areas of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I was, I was so blown. I did not know that he, that <coughs> you only have so much time as a, as a diver when you're that far down. And on top of that, like, it's like, it's, it's almost to the point where it's almost pitch black down there. Mm -hmm. So he can only see about a meter in front of him. So he spends about 10 minutes down there and he's trying to feel on, on the object itself. And he is saying that it kind of, when he turned to touch it, it turns black when he touches it. And it has kind of the consistency of like concrete or maybe sandstone uh, when he's feeling on it. And something really weird that he finds down there is on the Baltic Sea Anomaly, there's this there's this weird hole that's on it. And it's about three meters wide. I was gonna say, don't say yay big with your hands, because I'm they not can't doing see yay you. big with my hands. <laughs> it's about three it's about three meters wide, but it's like this perfect oval shape with a box uh formation that's around it. Almost kind of like it reminds me of like something that's being planted like in there, like the hole's been cut out. There's a bot. There's a there's a there's a rock. There's a rock square. There's a square around it, and then you're gonna put something down there and then fill in the hole. It, it kind of has that. It kind seems of a like to an it. insert for a tool. Yeah, or a pole or something or something like that. It kind of looks like something like that, and it's just it's very unnatural stuff. It just doesn't look normal, and and so he picks up some rock samples and he brings and he brings them back up. And so now they have all this data. One of the things they do is they test these rock samples. And the rock samples they think are volcanic. 
Because one of the things that they found about them is that the crystals and how they're formed, it was likely formed with something that was very super heated, that was, it was heated and then super cooled before the crystals had time to like change or form in a certain way. So that's what I that made them believe that what it was volcanic, which is weird because it would say either A, there's volcanic activity in the Baltic Sea, which would be kind of game changing for what we know about the Baltic Sea, or two, it means that it had to have been brought there from somewhere else. So, like, some people speculate that the rocks were put there by glaciers. Like, the glaciers moved them there, and, like, that's, and that's how these rocks, in, like, these rocks ended there. Because the Baltic Sea was formed by glaciers. So, that's why they think that maybe glaciers moved, like, as they were receding or moving into the air, they just deposited these volcanic rocks there from somewhere else. But, unfortunately, at the time, they didn't have tools in order to actually test what the actual... Uh, uh, Baltic, Baltic Sea Anomaly actually is because that would the equipment that they had for it wasn't to take like a sample of the actual thing itself. Yeah, didn't they have to gather like uh, rock samples from the surrounding area to test? Yeah, yeah, that's where the volcanic rocks came from and stuff like that. So that's what they think like that. Like it's not saying necessarily that these rocks in and of themselves are what the Baltic Sea Anomaly is made of, but these are ro these are the rocks that are in the general area of it. So quick question: When he says he touches it, it turns black. Does he mean like when he touches it, it's moving away the sediment, See, and he's seeing a black surface underneath? Or does he mean literally it's like? He touched it and boom, it turned turns See, black. So I had that's kind of where I got confused because there's a there's a documentary that these guys put out. It's called the the mystery beneath, and uh, it's an hour long and uh, it's uh, almost hot garbage. I'm sorry. Like I wish that it was cooler than really what it is, um, but there's there's a, there's a a couple diamonds in the rough of watching it. Okay. What would you rate? Is it grade A crap, grade B crap, grade C crap? I give it a good solid C minus. Oh, that's keep, bad. Okay, because keep in mind, it's a, it's a 55, 57 minute long documentary. They don't find the object until like 30 minutes in. That's too much filler. That is a lot of filler. Like the whole documentary is them trying to create this weird tense thing deal about them trying to find it at one point a swedish ship shows up and they try to think that for some reason this is some weird epic stare down for no reason one of their cameras goes missing for some reason and then they magically find it again it's it was it was just weird uh and they're, they're talking to the diver and he's talking about because when he's down there he's touching it and, and it's and it's turning black so i don't know if he is moving his if he's moving the sediment, like like it's covered in sediment or algae or something that's down there. Like, I almost wonder if this is some sort of loss in translation thing. Like, where he explained it in such a way that it would make perfect sense mm -hmm. if you're, you know, Swedish. But when you translate it over, it ends up being kind of, eh, what does it mean exactly? Or it's like a chemical thing, like from when, it, from when, his, from when, like when his suit touches the thing. Like, it causes yeah, like it to change I, color. I want to know what the heck he's talking about there, because this could either be something where it's like, oh, it's just sediment on top and black underneath, or, holy crud, how is it doing that? Like, I think probably what it is, is I think this thing is probably crusted over. Like, if you've ever think about, like, a lot of um, underwater shipwrecks, one of the things they have to do when they bring them back up is get the sediment off the crap that's on there. Yeah, that's what I'm really assuming he means, is that it's covered with, like, ocean sediment and stuff like that. But, you know, but unlike you know, objects that I've, that I've seen before. I mean, I've watched tons of documentaries about like underwater, like, you know, treasure salvage stuff and seeing all the sediment over it. You know, it, it's gotta be down there for a while for it to cover the whole thing, which this thing could have very well been down there for that long. Yeah. 
probably know. Um, so, and then, so they go out and now they're trying to, and they're, and they're trying to, and this is where it kind of gets kind of like scary. And I, they, they collect all this data and they go out and they find all this stuff about all these rocks and stuff. And then they're set to go back. Okay. They're going to try to get more funds and be like, oh, cool. Hey, look, we found this really cool thing. You know, the next thing that we need to do is maybe take a core sample of whatever this anomaly thing is or get more, be able to test it. We're going to need more money. And then the media gets attention. The media chimes in. I remember when this thing was first, like, found. I remember this blowing up really big. Uh, major news networks were covering it mm-hmm. and things like that. And I really thought that this yes, had a lot did. of potential for, like, some serious stuff going down in the future. Yes, they did. And then, for some reason, the media turns on these guys. The media immediately turns on them and turns into like these guys are just a bunch of hoaxers. These guys are trying to scam money out of people. There's, you know, this is just a rock formation that's down there. That's just natural. There's nothing that's weird that's actually down there. Which, truthfully, none of these guys are saying anything about this thing being paranormal. Like, if you read what these guys are saying, they just said, uh, we found this weird thing at the bottom of the ocean. Maybe we want to go back and see more of what it is. And then everybody literally just starts calling these guys conmen when they haven't even tried a con. Yeah, I don't remember them ever making any weird claims. And I do remember it there being this sudden on the heel turn. Yeah, now when where the com- everyone turned against Yeah, them. now when the community got when we got our hands on it, we immediately jumped to the conclusion that this is some sort of crashed UFO that's sitting in the Baltic Sea. You know, immediately that's what that's what our the community jumped on. That's what we did, and we're like, "Oh, this is what this has to be. This is some sort of thing that's come from the sky. That's that's in the water. Of course, that's what it's got to be." Actually, truthfully, my actual theory is a little different. Oh, mine too. Oh, mine too. Oh, mine too. But that is the when I first saw that is the conclusion. I'm like, "The heck is this freaking UFO?" Oh, and I'm gonna start this now. This is not a UFO, by the way. This is a U. S-O. It's assumed that it was a UFO before it was a USO. I think that is why people call it a UFO. No. You can't assume something flew if you did not see it fly. Okay. It w- it was it is definitely submerged at this point. So, yes, technically it is at this point a USO because it is a unidentified submerged object. But it kind of looks like it could be a UFO. Is this, so Is this Schroeder, is this Schrodinger's UFO? Like it could have flown, but it, may, no, most, but it could also not have flown. Most people are using UFO in the non-literal sense, as in this is a, a unknown flying saucer. What they should be saying is, is a flying saucer, not a UFO. And you're just getting caught up on like, you know, the semantics of the whole thing. No, I think what it does when you call it a UFO is you really... You're, uh, you know, you're you're putting the cart before the horse in this situation. Marcus, we're speculating about a weird structure underwater. Yes, we are. We're all. We all have to agree. None of us know what it is. We're no, speculating. Here. I am the only person that I have seen that has called this thing a USO, which is what it is. Because most people aren't too caught up on like the verbiage people are or the nounage. Of course, I get ca- of course I get caught up in the verbiage. That's the point. That's we need to. What it is? Okay. It is. How about this? The unknown structure in the Baltic Sea that none of us know what it is. That might be sure. UFO. Sure. Okay, I'll I'll go with that. But yeah, I mean, people probably should have said that this could be a crash flying saucer, maybe not necessarily UFO, but yeah, but these it's guys, whatever. As far as I'm a song, these these guys were not they they weren't touting that. They weren't they no. weren't doing that. They were just said we found this really weird thing, we want to go back and know more, and then all of their money dries up. Like over almost overnight, they say they can't find any sponsors for this thing, you know, and it's 
It's, Which is weird. They're like a fairly reputable yeah, company. Yeah, I know. Ocean X, I mean, Ocean X as a company are not a bunch of people that go out for hoaxers. They don't I mean, they don't need to. They don't need to. Yeah, they, I mean, these are, these are guys that are on the cutting this is a company that is on the cutting edge of doing stuff. They're the, they're the people that discovered some of the very that have gotten us some of the first images of giant squids. These guys have shown us images of stuff under Antarctica that nobody has ever seen before. They've discovered some species of sharks, haven't they? Yeah, and, and underwater sea life. Okay, these are not people that need to hype up crap that's not real. So it's not really being fair to these guys who are not trying to do that. Now, what happens is, is they come out to the community and, you know, the, you know, I could... I could throw scientists' names out, and they say it's the X, they say it's this, they say it's that, it's whatever. But it's, you know, uh, uh, you know, all these scientists are trying to just saying it's it's from whatever the point of field. You know, you have geologists that say, oh, this is a underwater just natural formation. Yeah, I, I did not find a single two scientists that had no. the same conclusion. Everyone had a wildly different conclusion. No. To- and- and so one, one of the, I think it was a metallurgist. Yeah. Said that this had to have been a man-made thing, and then another person's like, no, this is. A, a natural structure, but we've never seen one appear like this before. And it has all sorts of varying opinions. Like, no one even close to a consensus. It, it became, and I don't like throwing the word conspiracy out a, a lot, but it it, it kind of became that to me. Like, it, it was just overnight these guys became these giant pariah and everything dries up so they can't go out and find more stuff. Like, if you... Like I, like, I started a lot where most people started the research, you know? Like, I looked at the Wikipedia for it, okay? So I'm like, where am I, give me a framework of what to look at here. You know, like everybody does. And the Wikipedia even has uh, Dennis's name spelled wrong. Like, on their actual site. Yeah, like, they call it, like, uh, Dennis, like, A, they spell A-B-E-R-G, like, Aberg. Like, they misspell it on that. And then in the second paragraph... Wikipedia even just says, and the you know scientists can just conclude this is just some sort of a rock formation, which I technically it is a rock formation, but it's an extraordinary rock formation. They're, yeah. they're using the words that they are they have as a weapon to discredit yeah. them. Yeah, and it even just it even just describes them as they they say that oh these guys were described as treasure hunters and stuff. I'm like these guys are not described as anything. Like this is what these guys are. Yep. Like, I don't understand, like, I just, how, there was just this massive campaign to discredit these guys and just make them look like these bunch of just con artists. Man, I'll tell you, someone said, kill this story. Yeah. Someone did not like what was going on, and they said, kill it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, did you know they got a new, uh, they actually have a new documentary coming out this summer. Yeah, I was thinking that we should review it, or review it for the podcast and, when it comes out. And I and I do want to review, and I'm gonna, we're going to review it for you guys because I want to see kind of I've seen the trailer for it, and I want to I want to see what kind of where they're going, and hopefully, hopefully, it's better than the last one put out. Like I don't think the information they put out was bad, but I just think it was just packaged badly. <laughs> bad cinematography. Yeah, it was just bad cinematography. Like it was just packaged badly, but but it was still just some good content that was there. But so. Who do you think tried to kill this story and why? I, you know, I don't know. Like, there, there's so, there, there's just so many things. Like, you know, if I'm if I'm a scientist, and and I'm, you know, hearing that there is this uh, massive underwater structure that's been found, I'm my first thought is, oh, that's really cool. Maybe this is something of some sort of archaeological importance. I'm gonna go see what it was. Like, like for example, um. 
the the Yonaguni Mon monument. I know that I know I mispronounced that too. Um, the Yonaguni monument we called it the Japanese Atlantis. For those of you that are patrons, you remember uh, we talked about this uh, in the last episode, uh, like in our in our uh, in our pillow talk segment, where you know it's this collection of underwater rock formations, and they're pretty amazing. Yeah, that are underwater, and it follows a very similar story. There are these divers that are off the coast of an island. They're looking for something else. They find something. And then here comes the rest of the scientific world down there to explore it. And there's all these wonderful photographs of it. And there's all these people still debating about it. Okay, about what it is. We have the exact same thing. There's these scientists that go out looking for something. Find stuff. And then immediately, the world goes, no, there's nothing there. And truthfully, I think the Baltic Sea anomaly is actually more impressive and more bizarre than the Onagumi um, structures. Yeah, the, and there's more questions left. What is it? Like, there's more questions that have just left to be answered. And if I'm a scientist, that's where I want to go. I want to know what it is, what's down there, what what could this be? But no, but there's there's just no interest in this. Man, I really want to know why this was killed because it was killed before this got all that far. I mean, yeah, OceanX is still working on this story. Like, uh, they're still occasionally doing flyby scans of the area and stuff like that. They haven't forgotten about it. It's just, it's not been going real fast, and not a lot. No one else is really trying to look into this, from what I can tell. Yeah, there's no competitors or nobody else really trying to like throw their you know, throw their two cents in on what it is. Everybody just wrote it off. Yeah, I definitely feel like someone's had killed this story. Yeah. So, I, I guess you could, there's and there's tons of speculation as to what it is. Because again, if we don't, you know, without any information more about what it is, people just start speculating what it is. Obviously, we've already talked about it's this. It could be a UFO that crashed there, which can make sense. I mean, you know, if you look at like the the picture of how everything is drawn up, it actually kind of would make sense that there's this large structure there's a trail behind it with a hole in a mountain <laughs> and oh and a fun fact i don't know if we've actually said this yet um when they've seen when they've done more uh image scans of the area did you know that not too far off from the baltic sea anomaly there is another anomaly yeah i've heard about this yeah with another trail leading behind it like there's less information that we know about that i'm wondering if we're gonna see that in their new documentary that they're going to come out with? As long as they cover it as thoroughly as they can. I understand that it is a hard area to research. It's, a, it's very challenging to get down there and come back with facts. But I want them facts. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want I, them. You know, I, was, I read an article I read an article the other day while I was researching for this that just said, oh, the other object is an anti-gravity machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just one of them uh, anti-gravity yeah. machines. that you know, they're, they're all over the they're, ocean. They nope. just got left down there. But they never said what made them think that. They just they just said, "Oh yeah, it's an underwater, wait, it's wait. underwater." Here's, what, here's, here's what's going on. It's another bad translation. It's an elevator. No, I got another. <laughs> they're actually they're actually not directly con They're actually not um, to. They're actually not uh, just directly connected. One is uh, the anti gravity machine is underwater, and that's what pulled the first the Baltic Sea anomaly down. There you go. It was yeah, yeah. it was flying along. Uh, the civilization that was there turned on the gra the anti gravity machine, pulled it straight into the ocean, caused it to crash. Now I still prefer it. it's a bad. It's actually just a set of sea rocks that make a staircase, and that's what they mean by anti gravity machine. They mean it's a set of stairs. 
I know we're going to do our theories, but I think we're we're kind of late into this. Do we want to put our our theories in the extent? No, I, I I got something else that I'm going to get into in the pillow talk. I think that that our patrons are actually going to like. I want to make sure that I these you know that you guys get our actual like thoughts on this. But you you okay, go first. You, you go, first. go first. No, 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 you go first. You go first. Okay. Based on what I've been reading, and keep in mind I'm not an expert on the ancient Baltic Sea, but there was a point, I think it was about, what, 10,000 years ago, the Baltic Sea was likely not a sea. And humans were already in Europe by that point. I'm wondering if this is like some sort of massive monolith structure, primitive humans built, and then maybe it got displaced in some way, or it just got, when the uh, waters rose at the end of the Ice Age, it just got buried under the water. Like, I'm, I'm really wondering if this could just be, like, a ancient human monolith that has just been forgotten from time. Okay, since you came you came up with what my original theory was. Oh, is that what yours yeah. was, too? I'm going to come up with a new theory. I got it. So, everybody always, when they would talk about UFOs and they talk about aliens. That's what you get for letting me go first. I know. That is what <laughs> I get for redoing this. So, everybody, when they come up with UFOs or alien stories, they always talk about aliens being this sort of like higher intelligence, higher beings, higher responsibility, you know, these, uh, these beings with a plan. Uh, they never talk about, they never do the irresponsible alien theory that there's, there's, there's an, the universe is infinite. There's infinite number of planets. So that means that there's probably an infinite of possibilities. Then there are probably just aliens out there that are super irresponsible. Maybe what this was, but this was some alien teenagers that took uh mom and dad's spaceship, went for a joyride, accidentally crashed, uh, into Earth and dropped it in the Baltic Sea. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, oh crap, cheese it!" And it just totaled them back just, for it. And it's just, and it's just left down there. And they're just like, "We're not going to talk. We're not going to tell my dad. We can't tell him that." Okay. Do you know if there's a hole at least in my theory? Hmm? Uh, oh, where's the hole in your theory? Yeah. Do you know if there was a, there was a big hole? And you said that that was your original theory too. Hmm. Why would someone need to kill that story if it's just from an ancient? Like an ancient monolith created by man, why, why, where would there be a need to kill that story? Why there, why would there be a need to hush it up? I think when when you control the the history or the na the narrative of a history, there's a lot of control there. There's a lot of power there when you control that narrative. And I think that if something were to come up. That would sh change that narrative or shift that narrative. I think that might become a threat to some people. Like, I have always theorized that there are these ancient peoples that lived, like, very close to the shore. And for the most part, their societies were wiped out um, at the end of the last ice age when the sea levels rose. And we just have lost these, so these civilizations. And probably if we knew about them, it would push, like, the beginning of civilization much further back. But, like, this is just a weird monolith in the... If, if, if we're right, this would right. just be a weird monolith in the no. middle of the Baltic Ocean. I don't know why this would be so usually ground-shaking, unless there, it was somehow could be traced back to some greater story. Yeah, like, that would have to mean that there is a civilization or a culture that is there that they do not want us to know about. Like, for example, say maybe there is a more advanced civilization, we've touched on this on other episodes, that our governments are aware of, that they do not want us to know about. You know what, Marcus? You should be proud of me. 
I did not mention um, extra dimensions or um, like window areas at all this episode. Well, I can do that because it's it's considered to be one of the possible like portal to hell. Really? I didn't know, you didn't that. know that. No, oh, I didn't oh, know yeah. that part. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was in the actually that was in the documentary they talk about the No, I did not know about people this. were sending them uh, stuff that that this thing might actually be like just some sort of like gateway to hell. Or just some sort of internet or if they even touched it that it would explode. Okay, here, here's what it is. You know that weird uh circle with the uh square inside it? Mm-hmm. That's for like a screwdriver and you unlock it and that that opens the gate. Oh, a piece of information. I know we're going a little long, but I, I think this might actually be some important information. Why I think this could probably be more likely to be man-made than extraterrestrial. Uh, one of the things that they had to do before uh, before they went down there, when they got samples, was that they had to check the rock samples to see if it was radioactive. And they are not. Because they had to see whether or not it would be safe for their diver to go down there. So they actually pulled samples up to rocks on there to see if it would be radioactive. And there was nothing down there that was radioactive. Well, at the same time, if it was, um, if it was say, a UFO, and we know like a lot of UFOs in the past have irradiated the areas where they were, mm-hmm. um, they, we could just be past the half-life. It could have been down there for long enough if that it's well, just expired. It could have, but I think it was important to say. No, 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 definitely. Yeah. How the how the heck was there a portal to hell in this episode? Are we not mentioned till the very end. Oh, because to me, because you they're more you're more interested in those. than I, I am, am very interested than, in those than I am. I was I was more interested in this idea of it being this uh, Neolithic monument or something like that, or possibly just some sort of responsible teenager's crashed vehicle. But okay, one of these days we're having a portal to hell episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. This was my idea to do this episode, so I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, but I would really be interested to see what you guys think. Make sure you guys put your guys' comments uh, down below, post your theories. If you guys do that, we'll, pr- we'll try to talk about them uh, in a future episode. Uh, you know, if you guys, if you guys put those down there. And for our extended segment, we're going to be talking about some of our personal paranormal experiences involving shadow people. We did. I, uh, there are some interesting uh, stories to tell with that. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. Wait, wait, wait. So, Marcus. Okay. He, he was teasing me about there being this paranormal encounter he had, mm. and he's wanting to talk about it oh, yeah. on here. And yeah. I'm like, dude, don't even tell me yet. Yeah. Just tell me on the podcast. Cause I, and so, guys, I'm hearing this at the same time you guys are. Yeah. So, uh, again, if you guys want to hear this, uh, the rest of the story, make sure that you guys uh, go over to our Patreon uh, and sign up. Um, for even just as low as a dollar a month, you guys can get access to the entire uh, pillow talk segments as well as some other videos but okay getting into it so i don't know i can't remember which episode it was a couple weeks ago and i can't remember why i didn't tell you this i, I want to say it may have been the rendlesham forest ufo uh one or maybe been the one before that <laughs> but um i'm driving it was really late because and it was nighttime by the time that i was getting home and i'm driving back and, uh, you know, my house isn't too far from Vicks. We're about, like, you know, five, seven minutes away from each other. Yeah, we intentionally bought houses near each we other because we're cool like that. And I I pull in. And uh, as I'm, I'm I'm pulling off the main street and I'm pulling around. And I have to run this turn. And I'm going around it. There's... There was a house there, and, and I and on the house, it's it's a vacant house because there's a there's a for sale sign out in front of it. And as I'm driving past it, some of the lights from the other houses are illuminating the front yard, and I'm and I see 